All right, before I start the show, I want to tell you about our sponsor, MetPro. Last spring, you might remember that I did an episode with MetPro's founder, Angelo Poli, about how his company has helped thousands of people understand their bodies better through metabolism tracking. Well, MetPro just launched a brand new tool that lets you see the same science and tailored strategy that their experts use. So you can start tracking, analyzing, and learning what your metabolism responds to best. Now, my listeners get up to one month for free when you sign up, so head to metpro.co slash getfitguy to learn more. Welcome to the Get Fit Guy's quick and dirty tips to get moving and shape up. My name is Brock Armstrong, and I'm the Get Fit Guy. You know what? The evidence is all around us. We simply cannot offset or undo several hours of stillness with a single hour of exercise. So today, we're going to talk about some ideas of how you can inject more movement into your day. I know, I'm not the first one to say it, but you know what? It's worth repeating. We are living in a movement drought. Even us regular gym goers, pool dwellers, and trail runners are essentially sedentary when compared to the amount and diversity of movement that our much healthier ancestors engaged in on a daily basis. And I'm not even talking about some crazy paleolithic, spear-wielding cartoon caveman. We only have to go back three or four generations to see how much more movement was required and expected in day-to-day life. Now, since we can't all get in a time machine, or nor do we really want to, because let's face it, life is pretty good here in the 21st century, here are some ideas and practices that can help us all not fall victim to the trap of being someone who crushes it at the gym, and then for the remainder of the day, crushes the chair. So number one is doing a morning full-body warm-up routine. You know, pretty much every morning, the first thing that I do, after a trip to the bathroom and putting the coffee on, is my full-body warm-up routine. This ritual started as a way of dealing with some ongoing aches and pains, but you know what? Over time, it has evolved into a real ritual. And I use the word ritual because this routine means more to me than just any series of movements. It's the way that I prepare myself mentally and physically for my day. And I truly feel different if I miss it. I start with my feet and my ankles, then I move up to my knees, then my hips, then my lower back, then my mid-back, shoulders, arms, and neck. The series of movements and the order that I do them in has been a work in progress and it remains malleable to this day. I have chosen these movements in this order to suit my particular needs and no one else's. So if you go and you watch the video on my YouTube channel or over at quickanddirtytips.com slash getfitguy, well, you can certainly use my routine as a basis for yours, but please change it to suit you and your body. This is definitely not a one-size-fits-all situation. Now, my second tip is to get dedicated exercise time. Now, I am a morning exerciser, and I exercise in the morning not because it's scientifically proven to be the best time to work out, but because it fits my schedule, and I like the way it kicks off my day. But you know what? You may not enjoy it. So find some dedicated exercise time that works for you. You know, I stand by my claim from a previous article and podcast where I said, sure, 
Science says that your body temperature peaks in the afternoon, which means that I might be able to do my hard workouts even harder later in the day. And sure, that could theoretically result in me getting a bigger fitness boost from that workout. But you know what else gives me a bigger fitness boost? Actually getting the workout done. But okay, back to the matter at hand. Making time for some dedicated exercise time each day. Now, this becomes less of a chore if you choose activities that you enjoy and you switch it up from time to time. For instance, today I did an easy jog to the pool, then I swam for about 20 minutes and then I walked home. Tomorrow I may walk to the gym, then lift some heavy weights and then walk home again. And then the next day I will very likely get on my bike and follow the bike trails out to the gorgeous University of British Columbia campus and back. You get the idea. If you switch it up, it makes it more fun. And my third tip is to get yourself a dynamic workstation. Yes, I'm one of those people who adopted a standing desk, well, actually back in 2010, and I haven't looked back. At first, I was hardcore about it, only sitting down when there was truly no other choice. But then I met Katie Bowman, a biomechanist who pointed out to me that swapping one static position, which is sitting still, for another static position, which is standing still, was not the answer to the sedentary question that we were looking for. So, my work life is now spent moving through different locations, surfaces, levels, and areas of my office. I even created a video walkthrough of my day that you can check out, and you'll find the link over at quickanddirtytips.com slash getfitguy. And because I have a chin-up bar in my office doorway, I can even swing and dangle from time to time. So, I encourage you to sit, stand, squat, kneel, and pace throughout the day. Be dynamic in your work life and you won't get as stiff or as sleepy. Now another tip in the same vein is that, you know what, although my Apple Watch makes me mad from time to time, the one thing that I do appreciate about it is its stand-up alarm. You know, I used to have to set a timer on my phone to go off every hour to remind me to stand up and turn on some of those underused leg, core, and back muscles. But my Apple overlord now does that for me. And you know what? Swapping two minutes of sitting for two minutes of movement each hour has been shown to lower the risk of premature death by 33%. And that was found in a 2015 study. So whether you let your watch boss you around or you set an alarm on your phone or your computer or some old timey egg timer, well, getting up for a few minutes each hour, it's not only a great way to get more movement, but it also is a great way to get energized, refocused, and ready for whatever is next on your to-do list. Before I go on, I want to tell you about our sponsor, MetPro. Last spring, I did an episode with MetPro's founder, Angelo Poli, all about metabolism, and his company, MetPro, continues to help thousands of people transform their bodies by hacking their metabolism through concierge coaching. Now, I spent a couple of months actually using MetPro a while ago, and it was a really cool experience, I have to say. MetPro is doing some really interesting and innovative work to help you better understand your body so you can get the results you want. And MetPro actually just launched a brand new tool that lets you see the same science and the tailored strategy that their experts are using. And you know what? It's not a food logging tool or a workout app for that matter. 
The MetPro app actually allows you to start tracking, analyzing, and learning what your metabolism responds to using science. And my listeners get up to one month for free when you sign up if you head to metpro.co slash getfitguy to take advantage of this opportunity. That's metpro.co slash getfitguy for up to one month for free. Okay, my next tip is to take a lunchtime walk. Now again, I'm going to borrow from biomechanist Katie Bowman, who said, walking is a superfood, and it is the defining movement of being human. Now, sure, there are other species that do walk on their hind legs, but we do it our own way, and for our own reasons. So, planning for, and taking a walk, right after lunch and before I dive back into my work, is as important to me as my morning dedicated exercise time is, because walking bestows so many benefits. Too many benefits, in fact, to list here, but here's a few of my favorites. 15 minutes of walking after eating improves blood glucose control. 10 3-minute bouts of brisk walking or one 30-minute bout of moderate to brisk walking after meals has been shown to lower postprandial blood glucose and triglyceride levels. Walking also has cognitive benefits, improving cognitive control and academic performance in pre-adolescence, particularly in those who need it, and also boosting creativity in pretty much everyone. It also reduces stress, and it is a surefire way to lower your cortisol levels. And just going for a 30-minute walk can increase your killer T-cells and other markers of immune function. And because walking is not difficult, we can take that time to also concentrate on our thoughts, work through problems, come up with new ideas, and discover solutions. And finally, walking wakes you up, especially walking up some stairs. And it can make those afternoon board, or do I mean board meetings, much more tolerable. Now my next tip happens during your commute. I know I've talked about this before, but I sold my car nearly 10 years ago, and it is one of the greatest things that I have ever done for my health and well-being. Now I know, I know, not all of you can live a carless existence. But I think pretending that we don't have one occasionally is a great idea, and your commute is an excellent time to employ that line of thinking. Now, for some of you, walking or riding your bike to work is a perfectly reasonable thing to do, but for others, the distance may be too great or the personal risk too high. But that doesn't mean you have to throw in the towel and get back in the driver's seat door to door. Now, getting creative with your commute can not only help you score some extra movement points, but it can also help lower your carbon footprint. Now, the Happy Commuter Study, and I love that name, actually found that people were happiest when they walked, rode the train, or cycled to work, in that order. Now, people reported lower satisfaction when they traveled by car, by subway, or by bus, in that order, and oddly enough, that order aligns well with getting some extra movement in our day as well. As long as you don't fight for a seat on the train, the subway, or the bus, because maintaining your balance on a moving vehicle, and I don't mean that transit surfing that you do on the outside of the vehicle, well, that counts for some interesting muscle activation, believe it or not. Now, my next tip is to do your errands on foot. 
We all have things that we need to pick up from the store or appointments or lessons to get to after work or after dinner. Now, there's another perfect time to ditch the car, grab a backpack, and get it done under your own power. Whenever I have trouble with this one, I just picture my four-foot-nothing grandmother, who never learned to actually drive a car, carrying two huge bags of groceries on the bus when she was well into her 90s. When I find myself too lazy to walk to the store to get a particular item, well, I think about her. And if I still feel too lazy, well, that's likely a good indication that I don't really need that coconut ice cream as much as I thought I did. Now, sure, walking can take more time than getting in the car, but with a little planning ahead and some practice, I know from first-hand experience that the resulting clear head and invigorated body is well worth that extra time. And really, did you really need to hurry home to watch yet another episode of Fill in the Blank on Netflix? Which actually brings me to my next point about TVs. TV time is movement time. Let's start here. Use some double-sided carpet tape and stick your remote control back onto the TV where it belongs. In many ways, I see the invention of the TV remote control as the beginning of the end for the healthy movement. Let's face it, we're literally sitting on our butts, relaxing, and we still can't be bothered to get up and move more than an arm to change the channel once every 30 to 60 minutes? That spells trouble. Also, during that TV time, you can use those commercial breaks as a cue to get up and move your body. We all hate being advertised to, so why not get up and leave the room? But here's a pro tip, don't go into the kitchen. That is a surefire way to kick off some unnecessary snacking. And my final piece of advice on TV time is to put a yoga mat or a mat-like rug between you and the TV. If you can spend at least some of your watching time sitting on the ground, stretching, moving, and getting your body into some underused positions, well, you will be contributing to your mobility rather than lowering your mobility. And as we know, mobility is a true case of use it or lose it. So use it. And my final tip is to do some bedtime stretching. In my podcast and article that you can find at quickanddirtytips.com slash getfitguy about how bedtime yoga can help you sleep better, well, I did a deep dive into how beneficial even just some simple stretching can be before bed. If you have aching muscles or aching joints, some gentle stretching and some deep breathing can help ease your aches and pains and allow you to get to sleep faster. This can also help release any tension that you built up during the day. And when you go to bed feeling relaxed and at ease, you know that you have a more restful night's sleep. And as an added bonus, that 15 or 20 minutes that you spend focused on your body and your breath is also 15 or 20 minutes that you are not focusing on the TV, work email, or even social media. These activities and the devices that we view them on have been shown to disrupt sleep and even impair your body's ability to secrete the sleep hormone that's called melatonin. So this one is a true win-win. You get more movement in your day and you get better sleep. Now, right, this is by no means an exhaustive list, so please don't feel limited by my ideas. 
be creative, be bold, be exciting. I mean, go do squats in the bathroom stall at work. Drop and do 20 push-ups before that long meeting. Jog up the stairs in the subway two at a time. Make five small trips up the stairs with that load of laundry instead of one big one. Chances to get more movement in your day are everywhere, if you know where and how to look for them. It really is all about mindset. The question you have to ask yourself is, are you actively sedentary or are you actively active? All right, my name is Brock Armstrong and I am the Get Fit Guy and I want to remind you to tune in to this podcast next week because we're going to talk about the difference between some exercise apps that you can find online and how to find one that will work well for you. So along with the team over at Quick and Dirty Tips, including Karen Hertzberg, Michelle Margulis, Emily Miller, Morgan Ratner, and Kathy Doyle, we are asking you... What are you waiting for? Get some extra movement into your day.